Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. see some things as beautiful other things become ugly when people see some things as good other things become bad being and non-being create each other difficult and easy support each other long and short define each other High and low depend on each other. Before and after follow each other. Therefore the master acts without doing anything and teaches without saying anything. Things arise and she lets them come. Things disappear and she lets them go. Oh, yeah. That's probably going to be a reoccurring theme. Get used to it, minions. Because a little Dow ain't never hurt nobody. Let it go. Let it go. The whole hard truth. Orin Lamena, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Another round of applause for you because I love you so much. That's so nice. I love you so much. Wow. Well, here we are. November, what, 9th, 2020? We got a whole new president. I mean, he's old, but he's new. He's new to us as president. Congratulations to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I mean, listen, man, when you are playing the large game of world domination you can't make an you can't make a, a world omelet without breaking a few eggs i think everybody woke up today this monday morning and regardless of you know how things are going personally the air just smells a little fresher and the eggs taste a little better it's crazy how there were people dancing in the streets at the ouster of one Donald J. Trump you got to be a man what the fuck was that? <laughs> you think that that's like after it's all said and done that they like went into one of the secret rooms behind the Oval Office and everybody's just like, what the fuck was that? Not just the election and the loss. I mean, the whole 
three plus years. Lots of lots of tumult. <laughs> that got out of hand quick. Like it started from, uh, you know, rapists and and thugs for our Chicano brothers and sisters, and just barreled all the way through uh, his refusal apparently to concede the election with coronavirus, an impeachment. Well, grabbing by the pussy was way before any of all that. A war with Kim Jong-un that didn't happen. Did I say coronavirus? Like all gas, no brakes, beginning to end, just screeching through history. That was your 45th president, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations, you're an American. Holy shit. And now we get to see what the other side going to do with it. Joe Biden has a uh, quite the job ahead of him. I hope he's up to the task. I'm quite sure he is 78 years old. Fit as a fiddle. Mind intact. He's got the mind of a steel trap. Kamala Harris over his shoulder. It's a brand new day in America. It's worth celebrating in the streets. Or <laughs> we'll leave that alone. I really appreciate you guys joining me for episode six of The Whole Hard Truth. Parts one and two, maybe not, just part one. I think we could fit this one in under the hour mark. The Whole Hard Truth is brought to you by the DNVR Podcast Network. Search DNVR or The Whole Hard Truth anywhere where you get your podcast and everywhere where you get your podcast like and subscribe like and subscribe all right this conversation that i am about to bring to you is uh is with a real one the street art scene is the uh calling card for gentrification these days we know that i'm here in denver and in denver if you know you know the former east side it's still the east side but uh, gentrification was ushered in uh, from the tips of spray cans as a you know area becomes cool and goes from being the east side to quote unquote rhino <coughs> fuck that we'll never call it that you know it was the street artists who who ushered in that change and you know it's the street artists in this day and age in this era in every era really that um, can also usher in change, at least in consciousness, just by virtue of what it is that they paint, because it's in public spaces, right? Banksy comes to mind. Well, this cat that, that I was able to track down, big shout out to, to Ariella J. Asher, my de facto producer, and just all around bomb human being, incredible woman, helped me track down one of LA's finest, straight out of Linwood, goes by the name of Skid Robot. And the name itself is attached to a very worthwhile movement, calling attention to a problem that we've had for a long time, obviously brewing in America, which is our homeless population explosion. So I caught up with a real one, Skid Robot, 
straight out of Linwood, and we chopped it up about everything from uh, the inspiration to the name to the current state of affairs as far as our political spectrum and other things go. So I'm proud to bring that conversation to you. This, my my dear friends, is uh, the whole hard truth, according to Skid Robot, coming down in three, two, one. It was good. Uh, just chilling, uh, handling some errands right now. Okay, I'll see you in the lane. I love it. I appreciate you taking the time, brother. I really do. It's like I was just scrolling your uh, page again, and um, we we got a lot to chop. We could chop it up about. I, I want to start though. Um, I think I want to start with uh, first of all, Kid Robot. Where's the name come from? Um, well, you know, I, I started rocking uh, Get a Robot Project in uh, 2014. Okay. 2013, at the end of that year. Uh, but I've been doing graffiti, you know, since high school, so that's a pretty long time, over a decade. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it uh, kind of just started on its own, actually, without it being something that I intended to go out and do. It just kind of sprang out of out of uh, suggestions, you know, um, at for the moment type deal, and kind of went to started i realized the potential in it and i wanted to bring the most out of that the best i could and you know it's transformed and grown over the years and uh you know uh so it's, i guess it's kind of hard to to narrow that down but you know um it continues to evolve and, and basically uh i do have plans to do some more installs and, and a few other things um but yeah, naturally, you know, uh, graffiti is, is that medium that really says a lot and speaks for the streets. So, you know, uh, the project for the time that I spent on the streets was, was, you know, meant a lot to me and it still does. It's crazy to see it. It's crazy to see it commodified. Like out here, you know, we have this thing called crush walls now and, <laughs> You know, it's like now the calling card for gentrification has become street art. You know what I'm saying? Like graffiti. It's, it's, it's fucking insane, actually, because it's like the same people moving into these neighborhoods in Denver. I'm on the east side right now. The east side of Denver, you know, is, is about as gritty as it gets out here. You know what I'm saying? In certain, in certain sections. And it's like, it, you know, it went the way of the world. You know, the way of the world is the, the property value depreciates um, and, and we'll get to the homeless the homeless issue before we get to other stuff. But anyway, the property value depreciates, um, you know, it's, it's a section of town that's undesirable. Um, but the property value depreciating is proximity to downtown. It becomes desirable. Now, you know, young Midwestern, you know, uh, families want to move in, you know, I mean, they want to get out of the rest of the cities that are dying. And, you know, Colorado, Denver specifically is a great place to move. And they're moving into these areas that they otherwise would have avoided, like the plague. Mother. Like, it's, crazy. Yeah. it's crazy to me just to see that, that you know, I mean, that just position. What part of L.A. did you come up in? I grew up in Glenwood, uh, okay. which is over by the Long Beach side of town. It kind of is right in between downtown L.A. and Long Beach. So, you know, okay. uh you know, not exactly South Central, but it's, it's more referred to as the Southeast side of L.A. I, I fucked with Long Beach heavy when I first, I lived in California for almost five years. 
when I first moved out there, we moved to Long Beach. Yeah, we were out like the 91 in Cherry at first, and then we moved to downtown Long Beach. I love Long Beach. Like, you know, I was never really like a Southern California guy. I moved out there for some work stuff, and it ended up working out that my, my lady could move out at the time. And, um, you know, like Long Beach reminded me a lot of home, you know, like what's, what, so what area did you start? Like, was it in Linwood that you started painting or, or did you just get up uh, everywhere? Yeah, no, I mean, it started around Linwood, Compton, Long Beach. I mean, we take the train and the bus to downtown, you know what I mean? Um, you, on that, you was on that blue line? Yeah, the blue dragon, you know what I mean? <laughs> that ain't no joke, man. I warn people when they go. They're like, oh, I'm going to take the blue line. I'm like, you better just. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think some wild shit on the blue line. Like, I would see cats. Like, so, my, my brother, for a long time, oh, living in North, in North Hollywood with his lady, and they had a hair care company, and we were running out of the house. So, I would take the blue line all the way from downtown Long Beach, all the way up into, you know, downtown LA, and then out the red line up in Hollywood. Like, that blue line goes platinum, bro. And you, you know, you ride it through wild. It was a real introduction to, like, and that's where you got the digs, like, you know, hopping from uh, hood to hood on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, I mean, you know, that's a big uh, draw for graffiti, too, is taking those trains and seeing the spots, you know, and figuring out how to get there. And, you know, sometimes having to dip into some scary-ass hoods to get them, you know? For sure. I started with skateboarding, and we'd skate, like, the Compton Courthouse, and we'd train uh, everywhere and we see like the different places. Like, give me one half second, dude. Yeah. Okay, sorry. No, you're um, good. Yeah, um, all right, yeah, dude, so fucking, you know, basically just feed in the hood. Like, I always throw like comic books, you know, I was into comic books and all that, so, uh, you know, I, I got into skating and then skating around you know, and still drawing, and then naturally, you know, that gravitated me towards the CD, and all my friends started doing it, so it was all good to not have to be, like, entirely in the gangbang culture, you know, tagbang culture, uh, you know, which is fucking pretty much what, what your options were back then, you know what I mean? Sure. You know, as far as growing up, and so being a skater kind of allowed a different type of Freedom in the hood was without those trying to recruit you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because I had friends growing up that got recruited or you know whatever peer pressured into into the lifestyle and they ended up you know dead. You know what I'm saying? Like shot. And it's just kind of like I knew them. Like I knew they weren't exactly like that. But at times, you know, it just becomes like choices. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's more difficult to say, though, but I found graffiti, stuck with it, you know, and, and it was just something that I just, I naturally attached to, and, uh, you know, we're doing, kept doing, and, you know, there's just kind of ups and downs, and, you know, uh, lost friends in a way because of it, you know, like, you know, yep. lost a crewmate who fell off a train bridge while trying to paint it, you know what I mean? Oh, and, shit. Yeah, like, just, you know, some shit where it's just like, well, fuck, you know, you're going to do crazy shit. We don't, maybe we do, maybe we don't always throw on the odds of, like, am I going to live through this? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, it's just a crazy thing to do. And I think anybody that does graffiti is just a little, has to be a little loped out. You know what I mean? 
super. <laughs> he was like, love damage. So, like, from the outside looking in, you know, we see the residual effect of, of what y'all take so seriously and literally put, you know, life on the line for, you know what I mean? And, and the cultural phenomenon that is, you know, graffiti slash street art, you know, like I said earlier, now it, it's, it's transcendent, right? Because, you know, the fine art, the fine art section, you know, turned its nose up for so long. Um, and, and now finds itself, you know, I just watched the Banksy, you know, uh, I just watched the Banksy, like the most recent um, documentary, you know what I mean? And, and to just know, like, you know, what an artist like that, who's, I, I, I say, you know, he stayed true to, you know, how it started for him, at least, you know what I mean, in terms of anonymity and, you know, really like trying to, you know, tell the system, like, you know, fuck off, you know what I mean? And at the same time, be able to capitalize off it because it, it does get to that point with y'all where, you know, for the longest, it's like people like out here, what's crazy, you know, now it's like, you know, people in cotton dockers and couples taking wedding pictures in front of, in front of graffiti. It's the fucking bug out, yo. It's, it's, it's crazy. It has a, what, what's the LA uh, sort of street art um, being commodified? What that, what's the, what's the temperature like out there? For that is it, is it the same? I don't know, man. Honestly, to me, you know, like being a graffiti artist and then doing the skin robot thing, which is more of a street art thing, which like kind of put me in that atmosphere with all the other street artists after you know connecting with so many people that wanted to connect with the project and do street art things. And as I said, being a graffiti artist, like you know, for me, most of the scene and everything I see the value or not even the value. I'm not going to go there. I guess for what I see, like the depth of it, dude, or I guess for all, damn, dude, I don't know. I don't want to get too wind long winded. Like, and brief, bro, I think a lot of it's just fake and gay, bro. You know what I mean? Like, no. Up and, you know, a lot of people miss the point of art. They, they think it's about what's popular rather than what means something. Yeah. And, and rather than to think deeply and to and to figure the message that needs to be conveyed that has importance or you know what I mean? To get the wheels turning of the viewer to 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 actually stimulate the mind and, and, and to take some people out of their normal frame of thought. You know what I mean? But yeah. that's art. To to do some stuff that's just kinda like cookie cutter with some like bubbles and squiggly shapes around it. You know what I mean? Or just a whole wall of squiggly shapes. It's just kind of like dog. Like you ain't saying shit. This ain't about shit. And now like street art is more about if the, how the person can be marketed versus yep. their look, ethnicity, gender. You get what I mean? Like, are they exploitable? You know? And people aim to fit that mold of being that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they want to be that. So now, you know, what's very common for what I see, have seen, is that there could be a lot of mediocrity with an artist. You know, let's just go with squares and squiggles type shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Squares, squares and squiggles and masking tape with some overspray or some bullshit. And you know it's fucking cookie cutter. You know it's mediocre. You know I don't say nothing. But he's such a nice guy. You know what I right. mean? Right. Oh, he's so nice, though. Oh, but 
you know, he's part of the LGBT and he does this thing for these, you know what I mean? It's just like, what the fuck does this guy do with art? You know what I mean? So we're not allowed to feel that way or to criticize people because now we're being bullied. Now we're being mean instead of defending, you know what I mean? The integrity of art, which is where I'm coming from. The same thing happened. The same thing happened in the rap game with the with Hater. Hater was me and my bro talk about this all the time. Hater was a way that those you know there should be gatekeepers. Now I'm not talking about corporate gatekeepers, but the integrity of putting your shit on the line and really being dedicated to a craft. I just it's just important if if everything's not to become homogeneous and you know just milk toast. You know that everybody gets a ribbon type shit, right? So in 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 rap, what ended up happening is when the cats who didn't have, you know, the chops to really have good syncopation, you know, depth of thought, um, the ability to understand what alliteration is, metaphors. And I'm, am I saying that that's what all hip hop? I mean, I love, I love all types of rap. You know what I'm saying? Like gangster, Bay Area. I can fuck with all of it, but there's still a, a core down the center. And and when the explosion came, and I guess most people would attribute it to the South. When the explosion hit and people started questioning, like, what the fuck is the yin-yang twin saying, though? You know what I'm saying? Or, or what the fuck is it? And then people be like, oh, you're a hater. You know what I mean? Oh, you're just a hater. They're getting their pay. Then, you know, they're getting to the bag. You're a hater. And so it, it disarmed, I don't want to call it a purist, but it disarms a purist, right, of, of your ability to think and speak critically. You know what I mean? Of what is at the core of what it is that you do and and okay, you can say you love it, or you can say you're you're true to it, or whatever. But that that essence has to remain. So I know exactly what you're talking about, and it's like, you know, abstract art finding its way into street art is what it sounds like you're explaining, which is hilarious. You know, what I mean, it's the I'm not gonna say shit about Jackson Pollock because I don't know enough about the fine art world, but I know that you know a lot of the jokes I would hear is that you know you take a paintbrush, you put paint on the end of it, and you slap it at a you know what I mean <laughs> at a at a fucking uh, at a canvas. It's fine art, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, there's room, everything's open to interpretation. You know, all are welcome, but that ain't art, bro. That's bullshit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's the part of the munder, money laundering part of the art world. Oh, for sure. Because that's what you they know, do, right? They, they, You know, you take a piece of shit, but you pay a million dollars for it, you just hit a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. You know, people, people forget that, too. Just like Hollywood... And the actors, you know, when it comes to the art world, there are gatekeepers that are there simply just to take some some bullshit that anybody, anybody will do. You know what I mean? Let's sure. Anybody who paints anything, and they'll put them at the forefront, and they'll make their paintings cost ridiculous, and it's all part of the fucking hustle, man. So at the end, you know, I, I view the decline of hip-hop and, as, you know, parallel to the decline of art. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and they're right about the yin yang twins because just like with graffiti and Instagram, once fools saw that all they had to do was bubble letters to be graffiti famous, I'm about it. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like I don't have to do the technical stuff. I could just do this the the circles with squiggly eye. You know what I mean? Like if all I have to do is level one shit to be graffiti famous, fuck yeah, I'm in. So same thing sure. with the rap shit. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, what, I don't even have to have a real voice? I could use this computer? Wait a minute. I don't even have to have a fucking hook? I could just repeat the same thing? You know what I mean? So it's like, where's the effort? And the only thing that, that you know, that has happened is that art has, has 
suffered tremendously and that if you try to even talk about, you know, what we're talking about, then, yeah, you're classified as a hater or, God forbid, old, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you take it a step further, you know, with the with Art's ability to speak truth to power without having to run for office, you know, imagine that, that you'd be able to infiltrate insidiously, you know, the, the, the natural space where um, uh, rebels lie, let's call them, or outliers are, take it, flip the narrative, um, and, and not defang, because you can still say what you want to say, you know what I mean, but literally change art's ability to affect real change, like like where we're at right now. And I know you're on this, and so I really wanted to talk to you about this because, you know, we're going through selection bullshit, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and to see, like, if we're talking about changing narratives, to see the way that the Biden family, it's crazy. I was sitting there thinking about this earlier. It's like they tried to stick something to, and I don't really fall on either side of the line, to be quite honest with you. I think American politics are as a rule broken for a reason. I think it's meant to obfuscate and keep us disillusioned uh, to the point of uselessness. You know what I mean? You've got people running from side to side on this giant ass fucking boat, you know, screaming, crying, murder on this side, bloody murder on the other side. Nobody's paying attention to people who don't do dick, but make all that. But, you know, you, you, you had this whole thing where it seems like the news was very complicit in Man, in in ignoring <laughs> ignoring what are by all accounts nothing's been denied by the Biden camp in terms of the questionable behavior with 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 young children, which to me is just like y'all trying to sign up for some Sodom and Gomorrah shit. We're supposed to protect the smallest, but then the whole shit with Hunter Biden and and the fact that now he's you know whatever seven electoral votes away from you know being the president of the United States with that happening when just at the beginning of the year, that same media machine was, was, was trying to pin something on Donald Trump that would seem right now to have not a lot of teeth to it. They weren't able to prove much. You know what I'm saying? The dancer didn't have a laptop full of shit. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, these are the times we're living in, bro. Like I know you're active on that side. Like how do you envision these times that we're living in? Well, you know, bro, it's kind of like the main proprietors of the downfall of society, of children, of brown and black people, even white people, has, to me, has always been through Hollywood and the propaganda machine. And this ties into the Federal Reserve, you know. Like, this is old school in the sense of, like, before the days of the internet. And this is why I think people don't really fucking get about me uh, on, on things that I talk about. Is that, you know, uh, William Cooper, Behold a Pale Horse. I love him. And if, if people don't know what that book is about to them, they think, oh, you learned this on the internet. Oh, you saw YouTube. And it's like, nah, fool. Like, people been knowing about these sick fucks before the internet. Right. And there's been a long battle to get people to understand that politicians, Hollywood, so, you know what I mean? The way the economy works, like this, this, this system of, of, of poverty by design, the destruction of the family unit, it all comes from a Zionist agenda to destroy this country. And so, you know, for me, you know, when it comes to Trump, when it comes to Biden, 
you know, it's, it's just the same crux that we're always in. And of all the people in this country, why does it always have to boil down to two people that don't seem like they're fucking right for the job? However, the same players in the game that are benefiting are the people in the cabinet. For sure. You know? And yeah, that's- Israel, Israel's agenda is, is to take over the whole Middle East. You know what I'm saying? And similar, similar to what their similar to what their compatriots have done over here with North America. Yeah. There's a so it's kind of like you know there's all these theories about Donald Trump. Like for me, I don't trust the guy. I'm not a Trump supporter per se. I'm telling you to vote for Trump. I'm just sitting in the middle, like like all right, this no care who the president was forever until now. And right. now it's like life or death because of it. And I, I and I didn't I don't like seeing such public manipulation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it sounded like, hey, come on guys, just don't be stupid. You know what I mean? Like so when it comes to Trump, dude, I've read everything that could possibly go on. Like this was a time traveler, you know. This <laughs> <laughs> this was grandfather got a hold of fucking uh, Tesla's designs, and that's where the free energy is going to roll out of. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, what else? Like, you know, this is working for Israel, but I also read that this dude is going to take down Israel because of 9-11. So I, I'd like to think that he's the anti-hero. I would like to believe that, but... You know, he doesn't – it's just like everybody else, bro. Honestly, even in the homeless industrial complex or whatever the fuck, some people with foundation charities, et cetera, will have to do – I'm sorry, even companies in that – will have to do enough legitimate things to buy them the credit that they need to do the illegitimate things. Right, so right. They can illegitimate things and not expect anybody to notice, but if they do enough of legitimate things and they could get away with it, no problem. That is like, you know, it's the, it's the hide the ball. <clears throat> it's the hide the ball trick that they've been running forever. And I, and I agree with you in, in as much as to say that it's like, I don't have a dog in this fight. You know, th- th- this system to me has uh, proven itself um, feckless long before Donald Trump stepped into the White House. Um, I look at the, you know, the, the want to pin all of racism on Donald Trump's shoulders in three and a half years. And I'm like, did we all wake up in the same America in 2020 or am I living in a different one than anyone else? I look at the ability to take narratives and shape them and form them as, and, and, and make whatever you want of them is because you know that you have a populace, you know, you have a population that is prone to suggestion, um, not, you know, as a, a majority rule, not very critical in their thought processes. That's how it comes down to a two-party system to where people don't think outside of that box and say, like you said, I look at both of these guys, neither of them are right for the job. So how is it, why is it that this is what the, the world's superpower is boiled down to, a very binary, mindless choice of hamburger versus burger? But if you look on the if you look on the ballot, like so, I had a chance to see the Colorado ballot and the California ballot. 
and you realize when you go on the ballot that there were no less than nine, I want to say, tickets that were running for president. In California, Kanye was actually the vice presidential candidate on that ballot, but he was the presidential candidate on on the Colorado ballot, which is just, again, it's just like, that just doesn't make consistent sense. You know what I mean? Like, he couldn't be a, a, a legitimate candidate if you can't even be on the ticket as you are in every state that you're on the ticket. And the more you look, the more you realize that this system isn't set up to give the people a government for the people by the it's set up to keep bureaucrats in power doing what they do while we, uh, you know, pull our hair out, think that your choice not making is what's going to be the deciding factor. It's very just like when I think about these times, you know, bro, it's do you think that this is the type of American revolution that will see this change, this place change fundamentally? For like this particular situation, because we've had it before, you know, you know, Obama might have been, you know, uh, Obama light was, you know, that that's when everybody woke up to race in America. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then, you know, before that, you would have said that the Bush era was all about getting into, you know, Iraq and, 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 and stealing oil and finishing up, you know, Bush seniors, you know, unfinished business when he didn't get his second term. You know, do you think, though, that this is the one that really redefines this place fundamentally? Uh, well, you're not that, Do you think that this election, this this tumult is is the one happening that will really reshape this place fundamentally, like how America works? Yeah, you know, bro, I think a lot of people are going to be forced to wear egg on their face and feel kind of like, damn, like, who am I? You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, did I really let a hatred for one person define my, who I am? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think, I think it really is going to be a wake up call for a lot of people realizing that their own thoughts aren't their own and that their, their views on, on, Society, on, on even religion, and, and even who they are, have been grossly shaped by and, and manipulated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, um, I think that's that's part of the a wide realization that's going to come to pass. And it's kind of like what happened with the Obama. You know what I mean? There's a uh, there's still a lot of people that won't admit that he was he didn't do the best job. You know what I mean? Come on, man. <laughs> it's on it's on document. The craziest thing about the Obama administration is is that the most effective piece of legislation that he had penalized people who didn't want to buy into public health care. Basically it made it illegal as a it was a penalty. That was the, the individual mandate that ended up getting struck down by the Supreme Court, ruled as unconstitutional was a penalty for anyone who didn't have, I don't know why you would find yourself in a situation why you didn't want to have health insurance. But if you do, as an American, land of the free home of the brave, that should be your choice. The ACA had that in there. The, the babies in cages, everyone wants to pin that on Trump. But the truth of the matter is that that policy was shaped under the Obama administration. You know, when Edward Snowden's shit breaks, he might not have been the impetus for it, but we know that it was the Obama administration that oversaw the NSA's widespread, uh, you know, via the Patriot Act, but widespread monitoring 
of, of Americans in our communications, not to mention the Jim Strike Act, not to mention the bathroom bill. You know, when you go down the line, you know, for me as a black man, obviously, and this is, this is what's crazy, bro, is that to your point about being disillusioned and having our thoughts not be our own, black people were so ecstatic, and for good reason, to have one of us in that chair, that we were even willing to overlook his, you know, incessant, I can't, you know, be the black president, I have to be an American president. Now, to say that we overlooked it would be to say that, you know, there was an expectation that <laughs> a brother's going to get in office and niggas going to get some shit. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, okay, maybe he can't do that as an American president. But the things that he did do, the things that he did oversee and did enact, you know, are painted over because he's this feel-good story that spoke real eloquently in, and all the things, all the things. And then if you dig a little deeper and you believe what some might believe, you know, there, there, there are questions to be answered, you know what I mean, about a lot of shit. I don't want to disparage anybody. Ask John Rivers. Oh, wait, you can't. So it's like, I, I, I agree with you. It's like the Obama administration was a very good poster child for the exact type of Manchurian candidate that you could slip in, like some real insidious shit, bro. Yeah, man. And, you know, it kind of sucks because, you know, I can't help but ask myself, like, why can't you just admit it? You know what I mean? But no one likes to be wrong, dude. And, and it kind of shatters this, like, once you're so passionate about something, you know what I mean? Like when you're yeah. arguing with your shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, at that, at one point, the, the point or who's right goes out. It's just now about the argument. And now it's just about arguing. And right. you get what I'm saying? And so it's kind of like, I, you know, and I know where I was going when I took the direction of my page in that way. I knew my audience was. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and for me, I knew there was going to be a lot of fallout. But at the same time, I kind of just, my, my cup had run us over with just all the fucking gross hypocrisy and the, and the that people are just okay with. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the double talk and everything, like, I think kind of where it first started for me is like those kids from Covington that went to the National Monument and then that Indian guy uh-huh. had the drum, right? And then, and then, uh, and then, you know, they were calling that kid, uh, Nick Samuel, whatever, like, well, look at this racist kid. Look at these racist MAGA kids harassing. You know, you, I saw that. Oh, my God, this is terrible. And then I saw the counters, and then I saw the whole video, and then I saw that this was at all these other protests, and then I saw that this one was lying, you know what I mean, lying about his Vietnam status. And I'm like, and, and what disgusted me the most, bro, was like, people are actually calling for violence against these Jesus. Jesus. You know what I mean? That's why I was like, hey, guys, like, you know, and I made like a PSA, like, hey, guys, like, I know you don't like Trump. I know you don't like they're from Kentucky. You know what I mean? I know you don't like why they were there, but come on, let's get a grip. Like, let's not call for violence against children and teenagers because they have a different opinion. And instead of, like, people being like, yeah, you know what, Skid Row, you're right, dog. We tripping out here. Oh, fuck you, Trump supporter. Oh, I can't believe you say that they're nothing but racist out there. So it's like, wow, is this the kind of crowd that's following me? You know what I mean? <laughs> For sure. 
Is this the tolerance that, you know what I mean? Is this the tolerant left? So I just, you know what, bro, I just kept dropping them bombs, bro. I kept dropping bombs. And for me, it's just more like at that point, seeing that people are okay with calling with violence against fucking teenagers. And and then, like, the whole Brett Cobb, like, the whole, like, every episode that's passed, bro, people are okay with bullshit as long as it benefits their narrative and what they yeah, want. Yeah, for sure. And, I, I'm, and I'm just not about that. I'm not – so people confuse everything I said in trying to find some middle ground as, or balance, you know, uh, as these Trump supporters. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it has this – I mean, and to your point, it's like you would think that and, – and, and you had already covered this, but you would think that the news – like when you detail it as you have, which is the initial, we all are guilty of, you, you know, you read a headline and you run off, right? Now you hope that it, you're the type of person that will read the headline and at least get two or three paragraphs in before you run off. But most people read the headline and they go, yep, got it. Cliff notes, got it. I get it. So it's like to, to know that news has at their disposal that full-length video in this particular case. It's the same thing with, uh, you know, good people on both sides. To know that, and, you know, to be quite honest with you, bro, I have a family member that works very, very, you know, I'm proud of her. She works, she works, um, she does political punditry, and and she's good at what she does. And uh, for for a highly reputable, uh, well, I shouldn't say reputable, profile, for a high-profile news source, um, to know that the news would have those type of details at their disposal and never shed light on it in the interest of keeping kids safe, because those kids were getting death threats, and people who were, Backing them were, were being disowned by the family, um, you know, and and I know that race is race is the one issue that is going to be the hardest for us to get past because America has this ugly history that's very true. It's it, it's real. There's no there's no uh, getting around, you know, the 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 need to address it properly, not sweep it under the rug. Um, and and whatever penance needs to be paid, I guess you pay it. But at the most part, for the most part. Just addressing it is penance enough, being willing to confront our demons. But to know that the news in that climate, especially, okay, Obama lights one side on fire, like raises, you know, all of a sudden new to us, and then Trump seemed to tip it over. And now you can't say anything that is centrist. You can't say anything that is, that is okay, wait, let's, let's, let's look deeper like, like you did. And then you look deeper and you say, oh, man, this dude is an agitator. Oh, man, this, you know what I mean? This, this is it. You, you see the tape, and the kids were very cordial to the man. And, like, our inability, first of all, to have differing opinions and not have it be galactic warfare is bugged out. But the media plays its part in that, too. And it's like, that's not just bad precedent. We're in a bad way because of how many people listen to these news sources. How many people, that, that these news sources that have long since, it's not a new practice, they edit down to the most you know, uh, inflammatory bite, and then the rest of it is thrown out with the bathwater. That shit's crazy. It's fucking nuts, dude, because then people show up to, to the water cooler on Monday, like, ah! So they masters in creating these waves of energy. You know what I mean? Like, really create a hive mind that everyone feels that you know, being agreeable is like, we're all right, right? Yeah, we're all right. And if you have a different opinion, then it's just like, it is Orwellian, man. You know? It is. It, is. it fucking is now. And I didn't think it would really ever get this bad, but here we are, bro. And 
The only people that can do something about it are artists and musicians. You know what I saying? agree with that. So I agree with that. I'm trying to find my way back to try to do some things and, you know, change it up. But I guess where I'm at with it, bro, is, you know, like, I've been able to accomplish a lot with the Skid Robot Project. And, you know, uh, I felt that I was able to reach a lot of people internationally and get them to be concerned about the issue. However, the difficulty for me is seeing that, you know, the general population or the public cannot make the connection between the mayors like Garcetti who exploit homelessness to make themselves rich. Mm. And, and the people will continue to vote on higher new taxes to help the homeless, never understanding that those politicians will never fix the problem because they're constantly making money off of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. instead of understanding that the problem is the leadership and that the same, but they're comfortable with the politicians. You know what I mean? They're familiar yeah. with them. They're like, well, I don't really know, but I'd rather vote for him because I already know who that is. And, and so how am I supposed to, as a single artist with not really any deep income, with no investors, no contributors, you know what I'm saying? I'm not rich. I'm not Bruce fucking Wayne. Uh, <laughs> to fucking really deal with homelessness. You know what I mean? If, if, I, if I'm raising awareness, like for me, you know, the issue is like the, the, the awareness here is like past the full mark. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like we're fully aware. Can we like get some action? But it's always all the other advocate groups are raise awareness, raise awareness. It's like, bro, everybody knows. You can't walk down any street in downtown LA without it smelling like pee or poop and seeing, you know, homeless people all over the street. Like we're fully yeah. aware. So, you know, I had I I have to put the art project, I have, you know, uh, you know, I mean momentum, whatever. Uh, architecture firm out of Long Beach, you know, and containers. The only issue was real estate. Mm. And real estate is expensive. And no one was trying to donate nothing. And at the end of the day, you know, I could put this all together and, and share the vision. But if it goes back to what I'm telling you, people are like, oh, that sounds cool. But you know what? I'm just going to go for Garcetti again because that's the <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. Instead, right. Of, instead of understanding that. The solution to homelessness is a people-powered issue that we can, unless we, unless it is a, a genuine, sincere political leader that, just like everything else, just like the prison for profit industry, they're going to exploit it. You know what I mean? Right, right. They can make more money off people in prison, fuck it, build more prisons. If we can make more money off of people being homeless, fuck it, let's get more homeless out there. That's why, bro, last year they raised over a billion dollars yet homelessness increased by, like, 15%. So how the fuck does that work? How the fuck does every year they ask for more money up to the billion, yet nothing is solved? The, the numbers don't even go down. They go up. So that's I mean, and in, in a COVID, and in a COVID circumstance, that number, I mean, especially over the course of this next 90 days, you know, since a lot of these rent moratoriums are up and people haven't been making more money, sitting at home, you know what I'm saying? And the federal government cut off 
part of the, you know, the the unemployment insurance benefit that was coming from them. But people were just left to what the state campaign. Now you got people getting turned out to the streets, you know, at a at a higher rate or at least, you know, what I mean, a, a, an increased rate. And it's like we we have that same problem here in Denver. Um, in as much to say that you know the homeless the homeless population is exploding. Everyone's talking about it. We've been talking about it for at least the last five to seven years. No one's making any actual moves to actually do something about it. It's just a revolving door of conversation. It's a uh, outrage on the side of, you know, you got property owners that are like, I don't want to see this shit in my neighborhood. And you got city that's like, you know, they, they banned it, bro. They made it illegal out here uh, to be homeless. And then they had to reverse that piece of legislation. And it's like, in the times that I've been to LA, it's crazy the walking dead situation that happens in and around downtown LA. It's crazy that in a, in the world's sixth largest economy, that's what the state of California represents, you know, and, and, and with Hollywood and Silicon Valley and all these, you know, great high profile industries with the amount of money that you said that that's been raised, that the population could increase of homeless, that the situation could get more dangerous for homeless people in terms of just how many are up there. Now you have COVID twins. You know, the cleaning the, 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 the attack was already like, I heard stories about like black death literally being on some of those underpasses. And it's, 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 it's shameful. But it, I think you're right in saying that to think that these are the issues that change can be voted in for uh, is silly. I mean, it, we've, we've watched this happen long enough without any change of, you know, of substance coming. And so then it's like, you know, you have to have people who are willing to get out there and do the work, the like work that you're doing, calling awareness to it, if not getting your hands dirty. It's, but I don't, unfortunately, Skid Robot, I don't see that being a, I don't see that being a choice that people make, especially now that everybody's hunkered down even more in, you know, self preservation Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, it'd be interesting to go to Denver and do some work out there if you think we could line something up. We could definitely line something up. I think that your message out here would would resonate. You know, the thing about L.A. is y'all been out there spinning in the world of, of big business and big money for forever. And that's not to say Denver hasn't, but our our scene is still shapeable. Um, it seems like the die's already cast out there with between Garcetti and then, you know, with <laughs> with y'all's mayor, Gavin. Boy, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't see it reversing. But here there is a chance to stem the tide of this of this, you know, devil may care about everything except for the people that need the most attitude. I think that, I think your message would not only resonate out here, it's needed, bro. Like for real, for real. Okay. Let's uh, figure that out. If I, um, cause I might go to Vegas to go see some people. Uh, I think that's probably what, like a 10 hour drive from there. Yeah, for sure. Easy. And, uh, Let's see what we could do about that. I'm, I'm definitely interested in getting some work done. So if you're saying that that's an issue right now, we could roll out there and make it like a – create some middle ground for people. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, through the artwork, we might be able to do something positive out of that. That would be so dope. That would be so dope, brother. Like literally, you know, in, in times like this – and I appreciate your time. I'm, I'm going to let you go. But in times like this to have – you know, no, 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 no – no swinging, you know what I mean? Like, in times like this, to have people that are still willing to stand in very unpopular spaces and say things that might not be popular but are no less true and definitely necessary, them's the only type of people I'm really trying to fuck with. You know what I mean? That's why I do the show. That That's what this is about. And, it's like, I don't think we have all the answers, 
but I genuinely trust the fact that the heart's in the right place. So I'd love to, I mean, let's, let's link that up. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to stay on your, on, on your line about that. You know what I mean? We got a whole 60 days before <laughs> the end of the world's inauguration. So it's like, fuck it. Let's do it. That's what's up, man. I appreciate the phone call and the time chatting, bro. Definitely looking forward to talking again and, uh, you know, setting something up at least for the weekend, you know? Most definitely. Most definitely. Man, you, uh, Stay safe out there, and, um, yeah, I'll be back at you. That's what's up, man. You have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. All right, for real. Later. All right, I'll see you. One time. One time. Two times. Three times for the homie. A couple more times for the homie. Big shout-out to Skip Robot for joining me on the show. Man. You can cover only so much with a person and get to know them. But from that conversation, I was able to glean that not only is he a real one, but somebody who is going to put their money where their mouth is. You know, we all have opinions as to what the hell is going on in the world. We all have solutions, things that we think would make the scene a better place. Hold on, man. I'm not even rolling no music. We don't do those. It's not a, it's not a one size fit all world. There are going to be many different answers that are offered up as solutions to our collective problems. I tend to fall on the wayside of where are the artists at? What are the artists saying? That's usually the direction that you'll find me looking for a pulse. Something that would give us some insight as to where this is headed and who are going to be the voices telling the story, shaping the narratives. And also the resistance or, you know, whatever you want to look at that as. Interesting times that we're living in. I really appreciate you guys joining me for uh, episode six of The Whole Hard Truth. According to Skid Robot, once again, big shout out to Ariella. Yella, my yella. One shot, two shot, three shot for my yella. We'll do it live. That's going to do it for this one. Yeah, we did it live. It's already been done. Big shout out to the DNVR Podcast Network for having me. Make sure that you search the DNVR Podcast Network and the whole hard truth wherever you get your podcast. Yadig. And until next time. And I'm out.